0: Welcome to Geek Fights. I'm Mike Ortiz, and I'm here with another one of our little bonus episodes. Uh, we're going to be bringing you some extra content as we make our march to our two-year anniversary, and this time up, it's one from our vaults. Uh, about a year ago, Damon and I decided to try something a little different as, a, as some bonus content, and we were going to do a, a, small, a monthly Smallville uh, podcast uh, as part of Geek Fights where we would look at uh, an entire season of the show Smallville. They, uh, they had just wrapped their 10th season, uh, I think, when we started this. Um, and uh, we would basically just do an overview episode by episode, not a commentary, not uh, very in-depth. We would just look at an episode uh, for a little while in the context of a series as a, uh, as a whole. And uh, we figured we could do it monthly. There were 10 seasons. It'd be 10 months. It would take up a year. So we uh watched all of season 1 and then got together and and just sort of went down uh, went down each episode and and talked about it and uh when we actually finished we realized we didn't really want to do that uh nine more times the episode uh was not terribly interesting when we talked about it we had just watched the show um and uh it just didn't didn't quite click uh so we decided to uh hold off not use it and uh actually shortly after that we tried uh, our commentary on uh, Batman: The Animated Series, which uh, then spun off into a separate show into the Batcave uh, with Damon and Brian Townsend. So uh, even though we decided initially this wasn't quite up to the Geek Fight standard, um, since we're kind of padding out some bonus content, and uh, I just always, I always thought that a kind of an interesting uh, look at something that didn't quite gel. So uh, don't expect a whole lot. You may not make it the whole way through, but if you're a fan of Smallville and uh, you just want to hear us talk about it for a while, uh, keep listening and, uh, and you can hear Damon and I talking about Smallville Season 1 uh, on a special bonus geek fight. Speeding bullets. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's. So, what are you? Man or Superman?
1: Figured it out yet. Do you believe a man can fly?
0: You do have a choice, heroes. Other. We have a destiny together, Clark. Only on different sides. Welcome to Geek Fights. I'm Mike Ortiz. With me as always is Mr. Damon Shaw. Damon, who's joining us tonight? Um, nobody.
1: Um, there's no one here. Where are they? We're we're not doing a
0: Geek Fight. I mean, the first time I get to host and uh, and I don't have a panel?
1: Well, it's technically the second time you've gotten to host. Because if you remember episode 50, you tacked that whole thing on and you said how hard it was and how much you didn't like doing it. So we didn't really put together a panel for this.
0: Plus, uh, we really can't have a panel for this. And uh, that's because this is not actually a geek fight. This is going to be our overview of the show smallville smallville finished its 10th season uh recently and now that it's all done we've gone back and rewatched the episodes and uh we're gonna give you our our feelings on them 10 years down the road wait we're gonna do this over 10 years (laughs) yes i don't
1: think our podcast is going to last that long
0: by that point they will be beamed directly into your brain
1: so, so it, it, what you mean is ten years after the first season?
0: Yes, yes, yes. I, yes. I, we're gonna we're gonna cover uh, the whole first season in this episode. We're just gonna give a an overview, some highlights. We'll go down through uh, the episodes and tell you what we thought of them and yeah, uh, any interesting points about them. But uh, you know, this isn't like a commentary or anything like that. This is just one episode, one season. And uh, and if this works, we'll do all ten episodes, uh, ten seasons. Maybe one a month. I don't know. Maybe a little bit more time between them. It takes a long time to rewatch a whole season. No, it doesn't. You lazy
1: fuck. I've already
0: watched season two. Like, well, uh, uh, you you just must not have a life. You fuck. Well, yeah, I don't. You do
1: two podcasts and you do the editing on both of them, even though Zod has no editing, but or very little editing. So okay, uh, so. You want to get, well, you, you, we don't want to start with the pilot. We want to start with where we were when the show started, where it aired, and how we thought about it, what we thought about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Ahead, and that, was, uh, it that was 2001, uh, was, uh, was when the show started. Um, we were getting together already. We would get together and watch Star Trek Voyager. And uh, when I first heard of this show, it was described as Superman meets Dawson's Creek, uh, and it was on the WB which was a big teen sort of network and uh, I thought this was the stupidest idea I'd ever heard when we when we got together and watched it I thought um it was going to be horrible and that we were just going to mock it for the the whole time and and it wouldn't last very long and um well i was uh i was i was surprised um I uh, as it's
1: uh, no surprise, I don't like Superman. I, I, the character has always been boring to me, and I thought the show was going to be boring, but it's Geek Night, and, and that's what we did. Uh, it was actually New Comic Night. It used to come on Wednesdays, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Smallville like the replacement for Buffy on the WB? Because Buffy started in, what, 96? Uh, I don't know
0: when Buffy jumped to, what uh, was it, UPN? No, Fox. I thought it was the UPN.
1: last two seasons. No, last two seasons of Buffy were on Fox, Friday nights, and then. Never mind, it got canceled. I'm joking, <laughs> <drunk. I'm drunk. laughs> but it was on Fox. But yeah, um, I I thought Superman meets Dawson's Creek, and I was like, wow, that's gonna be stupid. But ah, uh, who cares? Let's see, let's see what they do, and then you know, we sat down to watch. Well, the pilot. Uh, who who wrote and directed and all that good stuff? Well, the,
0: the pilot was written by Alfred Goff. I don't know is that I guess that's how you pronounce his name. I never knew that. And Miles Millar, uh, who were the uh, creators of the show, the executive producers of the show, uh, directed by uh, David Nutter, and it originally aired on October sixteenth, two thousand one. A, wow. A nice, uh, it's uh, like nice autumn-ish day.
1: Autumn-ish day, barely a month after 9-11.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there certainly was a uh, a need for a hero at that time. The first <laughs> Spider-Man movie would uh, would follow later that year. Oh no, that had already come out, hadn't it? No, no, it didn't. It was after that. No, it didn't. 2002. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, that... Uh, and... I remember the first thing, you know, we all got together. Uh, it opens with the meteor shower. There's no Krypton. It It is not about Superman. It's about Smallville. It, his time on Krypton was irrelevant, or at least not, not the story they were telling. It was relevant. And um, when those meteors started pounding everything and they killed Lana's parents, all of a sudden it was like... This isn't Dawson's Creek. They
1: didn't just kill Lana's parents. Let's let's remember this. They killed Lana's parents while
0: she was waving at them as a three-year-old child or We're, a
1: five-year-old child. Wearing a little
0: fairy costume.
1: A- and I wrote this note down. Uh, Martha Kent killed Smallville with a wish, because early on in the episode... Uh, Lana grants her wish. She's like, I'm a princess, and I'm going to grant your wish. And then the meteor shower comes, and then Clark is there. So
0: I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, she wished uh, that they, they would have a child of their own, and her wish was granted, and lots of people died. Lots of people died. Uh, and, and that's really, the, the first thing that got me is, I mean, at this point, Superman's been around decades. The origin's been retold a dozen different times and a dozen different media and i had never seen anybody do this particular thing where the the ship arrives with a meteor shower the old in the old dc comics they actually did have a thing where uh the reason so much kryptonite wound up on earth if krypton is billions of of miles away the odds of any of it hitting and a random explosion would be astronomically small. There, should, there really should be no debris that, that makes it here, uh, especially because it's light years away. It would take thousands of years. But the, the explanation that they, they did was that some kryptonite came with the rocket and the sort of hyperdrive, warp drive, that uh, that brought it to Earth. But they never did it as a meteor shower. They did it as, you know people found small rocks the size of baseballs uh, in a variety of places but this was this was real this was you know craters this was you know meteors causing destruction that his, you know Calel's arrival on Earth uh, was not this wonderful peaceful thing it was it was a massively destructive thing and it also gets around the well why didn't they pick him up on radar? It's like they did they thought it was another meteor. No, it's actually yeah, it, a really smart addition to the mythology.
1: Let's see. What what other things did I write down here? Uh, the first power that we see displayed in the show was super speed. Uh, which I, which actually was done really well. And I liked it a lot. Uh, let's see. Pete was black. Which, w- which was a shock to the comic book community because, as everybody knows, no characters in comic books can be black. Like, Spider-Man can't be black, even though you know, a kid from Queens, you know, growing up with his aunt and uncle because his parents were dead. They couldn't be black, but I, that's beside the point. Uh, Lana actually calls him Superman. Way to go, Superman, or something like that, early on in the episode. Uh, you get the kryptonite necklace. Uh,
0: Whitney. I love Whitney. The, the kryptonite necklace was also a great way to explain why he was sort of bumbling. You know, he felt physically ill whenever he was around lana because she had this necklace which was a a remnant of the thing that killed her parents which which also adds a strange guilt to clark because uh you know ultimately his arrival his survival um from krypton's explosion is what killed lana's parents
1: yeah he's directly responsible uh, let's see what other things I got down here. Uh, it's called Luther Corp, not Lex Corp. Uh, Lana is a shitty cheerleader. I'm just gonna read my list here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lana's a shitty cheerleader. I loved that. That was funny. Uh, super strength got displayed in fantasy, but he didn't actually know that he had super strength. I don't think, or no, no, no he knew. He just it was displayed in fantasy, and then uh, the car accident happens and strength and invulnerability, right back to back.
0: Well, I think uh, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, Lex does show up initially in the beginning, in the prologue. Uh, you know, this is where he loses his hair. I thought that was an interesting uh, callback too. That uh, this this same explosion that you know robs him of his hair and and sort of defines who he is. Uh, Lex was always, you know, this weak kid, and in many ways, Clark's arrival turned him into the Lex that he would become. In in more ways, uh, eventually, the the villain that he became was also, I think, uh, Clark's fault.
1: Yeah, and uh, well, let's see, let's see
0: another note. Uh, Clark saves Lex.
1: He should have let him drown. Um, Clark always wears red and blue in in Smallville. Like episode, the, the first pilot, the pilot, the first two part episode, which becomes two parts later. Uh, you, you don't really notice it because, you know, he's wearing red and blue and what, Superman show and who cares. But later on in Smallville, I don't think there's an episode where he isn't wearing one or the other color. And then uh, Creepy Stalker Barn is introduced, which
0: I love. I, I, lo- that was I weird. love that. Yeah, that was definitely kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I, I really did enjoy Creepy Stalker Barn because all it, well, the only thing he did in the barn was look at the stars, quote in quotation marks. But what he was really doing was looking in Lana's bedroom window, masturbating.
0: That's all he was doing. He was looking at her and masturbating. I can understand that because when I was watching the show, I was looking at her and masturbating. We were in the same room together and
1: there were like five other people. I'm pretty sure you weren't masturbating. I'm, I'm really good at it. Oh, let's
0: see. I I just did it right now.
1: Oh, dude, I didn't need to know that. Let's see. I I wrote down that Pa Kent was a dick because Pa Kent is a really, really big dick in the first episode. (laughs) He's kind of an asshole. Uh, Oh, my what the fuck moment, probably for the whole season. Uh, Lana rides a horse into a cemetery and talks to the dead. Uh, that that was bizarre. He rides a horse.
0: <laughs> that was very, very weird. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, odd stuff in this show and, and you know, I've, I've I watched the show all the way to the end. Uh, I never missed an episode. I never stopped watching it. Even when I absolutely hated it and was hoping it would get cancelled, uh, I I stuck with it. And the show that it ended as is so vastly different from the show that it started as and i had really forgotten how much of a of a sort of schmaltzy teen drama it was and then i also <laughs> forgotten how much i really liked that aspect of it
1: not only that it was it was really good the the first season well the first season isn't really good it's it's okay but the show itself the concept was pretty strong and it was enjoyable to watch I watched i did I stopped watching because I got tired of it, and i I did watch the finale. That's the only thing I watched after not watching the show for three years. It made absolutely no sense, and it's a completely different show, and hopefully we'll get to that point where we get to talk about the change well I but, think
0: I mean I, I we're gonna spoil some stuff that happens later um because there are strange things there are contradictions along the way there are things that are introduced that that pan out later and uh and even just watching it a lot of questions i have about what they knew or didn't know or thought or didn't think because in this very first episode when lionel is landing uh in smallville they they basically they buy uh the fertilizer plant or open a fertilizer plant in smallville that's what luther corp is doing here um years later they would reveal that that's not why uh lionel was here that's not why he picked smallville that this was all part of of a larger almost kind of conspiracy going on um but one of the uh, members of that conspiracy was oliver queen's family and oliver queen as green arrow uh, pops up and actually becomes a regular cast member on the show. And in the very first episode of Smallville, the headline of the paper that um, Lionel Luther is reading is something to the effect of Queen family killed, um, because this is presumably around the time when Oliver's parents uh, died. Actually, I believe Lionel killed them, if I'm not sure, if I'm not mistaken. So when I noticed that on the second watch, I was like, is, did they know this? Did they have did they have that kind of plan in mind, or did they just randomly put that in there? It was kind of odd.
1: I bet you it was random. Uh, let's see. Two more things that
0: pop up in the pilot, and
1: the first half of the pilot. Uh, the Wall of Weird, which is a staple for at least two seasons on the show. And then another thing that happens is the bad guy forgets Clark is super. And... In Smallville, at least the early seasons, if you were a bad guy and you found out that Clark was super, there were only two options for you. You either forgot that Clark was super or you died. And the first bad guy forgets. Second bad guy wasn't as lucky.
0: <laughs> nope. Yeah, that, that seemed to be a common thing. If you, if you witnessed him doing uh, something super, you were going to die. Uh, may not be right away. May not be that episode sooner or later, you're gonna die.
1: Yeah, didn't Lionel Luther die like five times? <laughs>
0: oh. He forgot once, and I know he died once. Uh, he died more than well because then he died and came back as the alternate, uh, Lionel. But uh, yeah, it's it, it, but also for part of that, he wasn't bad. We'll get to that maybe in a later episode, maybe. <laughs> Um, And, and, you know, I think we can't we can't overstate Chloe. Just from the start, I she was my favorite out of all the the Smallville women. It's uh, it's Chloe. Maybe not as much now, but God, season one, Chloe was so cute and so spunky and no one believed her, and she was completely right, and it was kind of an X-Files thing going on, and it made perfect sense. It made sense that the, the radiation that kills Clark uh, gives powers and abilities to other people, which also is a nice explanation as to why so many people in Smallville can actually do something against Clark. One of the old flaws of of many a superman tv show is that he was always going up against or at least more often than not going up against normal human beings who would have to just concoct some sort of weird uh, distraction to keep him away or or put you know just set up the situation so he wasn't able to do anything but this the kryptonite giving people powers actually created an unending series of credible threats eventually and actually even in the first season it turns into you know kryptonite freak of the week uh you know it's several episodes before whoever before his nemesis in an episode is not uh tied to kryptonite or at least not super powered in some way
1: yeah that's when the that's when the show actually gets fun uh let's see second half of of the pilot if you watched it on dvd not on TV on TV this didn't happen
0: uh, actually apparently this did they really? have different they do have different air dates I they thought the they were dates? together but uh, you know what it was I realized you were high no it was the before they released it on DVD in the US there was a Canadian two hour long and they just edited those two together Oh, okay. So that's what I was remembering. So no, it says here this aired on uh, on the twenty third of October, a week later. Uh, still the same writers, Alfred Goff, Goff and Miles. Well, Malik. well,
1: then we should stop for a second and give a grade to the pilot. Oh, um, I
0: you know what? I give it an A.
1: It's a solid B for me. Like I, I I'm very harsh on Smallville because I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it in a very long time and it's my first time watching it since I watched the absolute finale and I was like oh my god And then it's a B you know it'll take
0: a lot to get an A out of me uh I think it it delivered everything that I think it could have and should have um it is I thought it was it is well done it's raw certainly in retrospect but I think that's to be expected out of a pilot so uh as pilots go, I think it did a perfect job of making me want to keep watching the show, which is uh, really all it needs to do.
1: On to episode two. Uh, let's see, this one...
0: This is Metamorphosis, ahead, is the title. And uh, again, the same writers, Alfred Goff, Miles Millar, directed by Michael Watson, Watkins, and Philip Segresia. You know, I may not keep doing these because there's a lot of names here that are tough. All this is on the internet. Maybe you could just look it up. Uh, but yeah, that's the second episode. This is Bug Boy. Bug Boy was a fucking asshole. This uh, this this was actually a little a little shitty, but I guess uh, I guess it was it was fairly well done. But yeah, just one bugs, and you know that that that's what you come out of the gate with in your second episode is a guy with. Bug powers. I I wonder, some people have wondered if this was not um, Superman versus Spider Man, even though he wasn't a spider. Was he a spider? No, he wasn't a spider. It's just generic insect powers.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and, and Spider Man hadn't come out yet, so it wasn't a huge hit.
0: No, I mean just the characters. This was, having him going up against an insect was kind of a, a nod to Spider Man, but. That that seems like a pretty large stretch. I, th- I I tend to think it's more like they do realize people think bugs are creepy, and he yeah, was a creepy boy. character too. He was actually a he was kind of a competing Lana stalker. No, he was not competing. He competing competition would have meant that. Like, Clark had a
1: chance to win. This guy was the greatest stalker in the world. The motherfucker left a gift box in her room. It opened up and butterflies flew out. And she didn't freak out by, like, who the fuck came into my room and left a box with butterflies in it? Uh, Let's see, a couple other notable things that happened in this episode is Somebody save me! You get the theme song that everybody's annoyed by now. Uh, Clark uh, flies for the first time. Uh, he, he's dreaming about flying, and he's floating over his bed, and he's flying. And it's the first time you actually get to see that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, let's see, uh, the show kinda dates itself, and it does it for a while. I don't know if it stopped doing it, but it, it plays pop music, and they were selling albums. If you remember the first couple seasons, there would be like, get this album at the end of the episode, And they would play that person's song. And now going back 10 years later and watching it, you're like, oh, my God, that song's so old and dated. Uh, In this episode, we find out that lead blocks Kryptonite. The Fortress of Solitude is mentioned. Uh, And Lex Lex is the, the god of wingmen. He constantly tries to get Clark Lana Pussy the whole time. It's amazing. I love it. He's, he's the best wingman you could ever have.
0: You know, that, that's one of the things that I, I do want to say that even early on, certainly this episode solidifies it. In the pilot, the performances were great at the time. We look back, they hadn't quite found their, their footing with the character yet quite as well. The actors are playing it just a, a little bit off in terms of the tone. But I think already by this point, Lex's charm... Is really just so evident and I wanted to be Lex's friend not just because he's rich and can do wonderful things for you but because he he was really trying hard to distance himself from his father he was trying hard to be the good guy and was continually shot down for it and i thought well that that's was
1: possibly funny. because he's always wearing black <laughs> every episode lex Luthor wears black always like telegraphing that he is the bad guy um let's see uh, i write anything else on this thing you know, a oh. lot of
0: people wear black who uh, who are generally not considered villains people love neil gaiman he wears black all the time
1: yeah okay Uh, Let's see. Uh, Chloe wanted to bang the shit out of Clark in season one, and almost all of season two. Like there was some, there was some really good chemistry between the two of them, and it never really did anything. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, All in all, this episode, I I gave this episode a B minus. It's about the same as the. It's it's not the pilot. It's the show. You always give the pilot kind of a pass on things. But the show. This was kind of like, uh, what is it, thirty-three? The second episode of Battlestar Galactica. It's one of those like, this is this is what the show is going to be about. And it was pretty cool. Mike.
0: Um. Hmm. I would probably give it more of a C plus. Although I will admit a large part of that is a a personal bias against bug episodes of any kind. Um, I uh, I have a, a, a sort of a bug creep out thing going on, and uh, this episode creeped me out a little bit while watching it. Even though the special, and that's you know the special effects really were not very good at this in this show. They would whip out one good one, and the pilot certainly got a lot. But this uh, this one had some some digital effects that were a little on the cheap side. But, yeah, I'd give it a C plus, B- minus if I'm feeling a little more generous.
1: I know Episode 3 has the coach. It's the crazy coach that sets shit on fire. Uh, he's the football coach. He plays football in the range. He, I, I wrote down here that he is Coach Peer Pressure because all he does is try and pressure kids into joining the team. He's not a very good person. Uh, there's a kryptonite sauna. Of course there's a kryptonite sauna. I... Uh, he, as he's pouring water onto the kryptonite, the glowing kryptonite rocks uh, and, and getting steam, there's green steam that comes up. I don't know how he didn't notice that. Uh, I wrote Lex fucked that dude's sister. I don't know why. If you watch the episode, uh, let me know why Lex fucked that dude's sister. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Principal Kwan is introduced in this episode, I think. Uh, and I, I call him stupid because... He blamed the coach for a spontaneous fire that happened nearby him, and I wrote Chloe has uh, big boobs and Pa Ken is strong as fuck. Hmm. Oh, also Clark knows that Murirock's hurt him in this episode.
0: So, go ahead. Um. Yeah, this one is uh, called "Hot Head" by uh, Greg Walker, writer, and Greg Beeman, director, and this aired on the uh, the 30th of October, so that would be the day before Halloween. Uh, yeah, this this one, it, the thing that got me was the guy who played the coach was uh, was it Dan Loria, I think his name is. Uh, from he, Wonder Years. He played the father on Wonder Years. And so it was difficult for me to distance the two because he has a very distinctive look. Um, but... You know, yeah, this was like the worst coach ever. He was constantly yelling, constantly berating. You know, part of the shtick was he was such an angry hothead that uh, his the, that's why it manifested as fire. And that happens a lot throughout Smallville at the beginning. Is there's this strange connotation that the Kryptonite is bringing out some aspect of you. You know, Bug Boy was one of them. Uh, you know, this guy is kind of a, a hothead. You know, the the smoking hot chick uh, eventually gets like uh, you know seduction powers or something so that's that's really where you start to see this here in, in the first one it was very literal the guy collected bugs it could almost be like a Spider-Man thing but in this one the first time someone's personality defines what kind of freaky superpower they get
1: yeah uh the bad guy dies because he finds out that Clark has powers uh I wrote that Clark and Lana have well, Clark and Lana have on-screen screen chemi- uh, chemistry and, and they actually do. They really do have good chemistry. They, Clark ha- or Tom Welling really did have good chemistry with his female co- co-stars. Him and Pete, not so much. They didn't really seem like they had been friends for years but it really did seem like those girl he wanted to fuck those girls and those girls wanted to fuck him and that was kind of cool. Um, oh, giant digital camera. I forgot about that. Uh, the technology, you you notice that it's it's old. Like, oh my god, that digital camera is the size of an iPad, <laughs> and, and and that statement is funny now. Uh, Ten years from now, people will go, oh my god, that iPad was gigantic. It's the size of a blah, insert something here. Uh, but I gave that episode a C. It was okay. It's kind of fun.
0: Uh, I you know I gave this one. Uh, I would give this one a B minus. Um, I, I liked it a little bit more, I think, than the previous one. Uh, yeah, this is where also you start to get the the realization that just generally speaking, nothing in this world operates the way it does in our world. I mean, there's always that question with a show, how much are they going to play it as grounded in our reality? How much are they going to play it in sort of a broader reality and, uh, you know, by this time, you really start to understand that, no, this is this is a, a big melodrama show. This isn't going to be, you know, most people in Smallville seem to be able to take a much greater amount of physical damage than a normal human being really can. You know, it's not uncommon for people to get hit by cars going very fast and then, you know, not have any real damage. They'll go to the hospital, they'll get checked out, there's a bump on the head, things like that. So this this really starts to show the fantasy element, especially the, hey, why isn't anybody freaking out about all these glowing green rocks everywhere?
1: Oh, my God. Like, they don't even notice them. Not even freaking out. They don't even notice that when Clark gets
0: near them, they glow. How the fuck do you not notice that? Um,
1: Makes no sense. And and
0: that's also just really kind of starting to hammer home, well, not only is this creating all of these freaks, but basically Clark is, has grown up in a town that is covered in a substance that can kill him. Uh, that's actually kind of fucked up. Well, he didn't know it could kill him until later on. Oh, sure. That just, just in general, that's kind of interesting, but yeah, this was a, this was a decent episode, uh, especially kind of for early on, even if seeing the coach, uh, being that, that kid's father kind of freaked me out a little.
1: And, uh, on to episode
0: four. Uh, this uh, one's X-Ray.
1: Really? It's called X-Ray?
0: Uh, that's what I've got right after Hothead.
1: Wow. Well, no, no, I know it's the X-Ray Vision episode, but it's like, really? They, they named the, the, the episode where he gets X-Ray Vision X-Ray. That's kind of funny. Uh, let's see. There's creepy shape-shifting girl that I totally bang. I totally bang that girl. She was naked on True Blood, and she was awesome. Uh, let's see. The x-ray effect does not hold up. It was great when it happened 10 years ago, but uh, go watch Romeo Must Die, and it's better. Like, there's, it's a bad effect now. But it was it was pretty cool then. Uh, let's see, what else did I write? What the hell is it with LL people having LL parents? Because Lana Lang, both of her parents have L names. Uh, Lex's parents are L- L- Lionel, well, at least his father was. I think his mother might have. Uh, let's see, Mona has another stalker in this episode. A shape-shifting girl wanted to stalk him, <laughs> or stalk her. Uh, let's see, Lex threatens to erase a dude, which was cool. The first mention of the Daily Planet is in this episode uh, Clark and Lana clone wreck a cemetery, which is weird. And, uh, yeah. Wow. So now two freaks have attacked Lana and no one thinks it's weird yet. This is the fourth episode. She's been attacked twice directly on her. Nobody thinks
0: it's strange. And I, I always find that funny because nobody ever does except Chloe. She understands. Nope. Nobody believes except Chloe.
1: Yeah, and Chloe. Uh, by episode four, you, you really notice that Chloe speaks in in a weird, lame code that was quirky and cool in two thousand one, but now it just is like, wow. I wish she would just talk normal.
0: I like the way Chloe talks.
1: You just want to fuck Chloe. That's all it is.
0: No, I think she is a, a clever. Uh, an insightful look into this world. She understands what we understand—that something fishy is going on in Smallville.
1: Yeah, whatever. Um, you have anything else about this episode other than
0: um, well, just the the s- strange overtones of this woman now being Lana's stalker. And, uh, the, uh, the x-ray effect is shown mostly with the, where it looks like an x-ray. Except early on, they had that one where he just saw through Pete's, uh, skin. And that was a horrible special effect. That's why they didn't do it again. Um, and that he sees Lana naked. Uh, unfortunately. No, he does not see her naked. Yeah, I thought he saw through the wall.
1: Oh, that's right. and She was turning with the towel on. Yeah.
0: Um. But uh, that uh, that that was pretty much it. Although the stuff with Lex was great. You know, it's it's already already Lex is is my favorite character on the show. Uh, what'd you give this uh, this episode? Uh, I'd give it a. I'd give it a C, honestly.
1: How the fuck are we keep doing this? This one I wrote down B minus. <laughs> but anyway, on to the next episode.
0: Uh, let's see. What's the title? Uh, I am looking it up right now. Oh, is this one cool? Yep, this is cool. With the Iceman. Okay.
1: Seriously, this is a shitty episode. Uh, but you find out a couple cool things. Uh, Clark never gets cold. You, you notice it there. Uh, all the kids don't have cell phones, which is just a, a time thing. Uh, the kid falls into the ice and g- gains ice manipulate. Well, the power to suck heat out of things. He's a, a heat vampire, which is cool. I, I kind of like the power. Um, until he sucks the heat out of fire. And fi- the flames turn to ice, which makes no sense. Um, I noticed that Lex hangs out at the the Kent farm a lot. Uh, way, way more than he should. Uh, Lex also tries to break up Lana and Whitney. Again, because he's awesome. Uh, Lex tries to get his little boy, bro some pussy. Uh, uh, Sean just starts killing girls indiscriminately. He, like, makes out with them and then sucks all her heat out. Uh... I noticed, uh, which doesn't make any sense, because uh, wouldn't just being inside with heat on keep him warm? But whatever, uh, the Kent, you find out the kids are super broken this episode. Uh, Clark got super creepy with Lana. I don't know what that means. Uh, Sean Kelvin. We find out his last name is Kelvin, and he has ice powers. Those of you that don't know Kelvin, and you're going, what does that mean? Seriously, like, did you not pay attention in science class? Uh, Pete Pete spills the beans about Clark lusting over Lana. Let's see. Lex stalks the Kents some more. Whitney crashes a truck. And I think this is the third episode that he's crashed a truck in. And we're on our fifth episode. He crashes a lot of trucks. Uh, Let's see. And Pa Kent turns down Lex's help. That's three times in four episodes. Lex Lex goes to help him. and, And Pa's like, no, we don't want your fucking blood money. And he's evil. And... Clark is totally in the friend zone with not only Chloe,
0: but Lana. Yeah, this was, uh, this was not a particularly good episode, uh, written by Michael Green, directed by Jim Conter, aired November 13th, uh, 2001. Uh, definitely the meteorite freak of the week thing starting to already be kind of dumb, this is definitely the episode where it's oh this is comic book physics this is whatever, whatever they need things to do. Although I thought the uh, fire turning into ice was a, a nice uh, kind of effect. It certainly doesn't make any real sense, but uh, you know it's kind of kind of a neat look. Uh, but yeah, this was this was pretty bad. Um, I even felt bad for poor Chloe in this episode because she finally gets some attention and it's a psycho guy who wants her heat. You know, after Clark's not really giving her the attention she wants, and she doesn't seem to be too interested in Pete, um, she finally gets the football player, and he turns out to be a total douchebag.
1: Well, he was a total douchebag before that.
0: <laughs> but she wanted to believe. Yeah, I guess. Uh, this Chloe, Chloe episode... did a lot of crying at this time of the show, didn't she? I'm sure there was crying in this episode. Again, that that whole schmaltzy teen soap opera thing, and I just ate it up.
1: I wrote down, ha ha, he drowned. But I gave this episode a D. I think it's the only D. I, I don't ever give failing scores because a failing score would mean I would have stopped watching the show. And I did not stop watching. I just realized it was a bad episode, so I gave this one a D.
0: Uh yeah, I would I would I would go with that. Maybe a D plus. Is there a difference between a D and a D plus?
1: They're both passing.
0: Alright. I thought it was a little bit more than passing just because uh poor Chloe's so cute.
1: Yeah. Uh let's see. Episode six. Michael tell us the name in a second. this is
0: where I start. Uh, lo- with less
1: and less things. Let's see. Kryptonite Fountain of Youth.
0: This is called of- Hourglass. The writer is Doris Egan. The director is Chris Long. It aired on November 20th. And uh, yeah, this is the seniors. This is the guy who falls in the Kryptonite Lake and becomes young again and goes killing people. But yeah. this is also the one... Has, with the weird psychic lady. With the psychic lady, which really is my favorite moment in this season, and when I really started going, this show is is going to kind of work into m- the mythology. This this show is acknowledging where it's going to go.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, well, yeah, it was all right. There's the Kryptonite, found a youth, uh, old man pimp. Uh, let's see, because I wrote that he could totally fuck Lana if he wanted to because he totally was a pimp in that episode he was like, I'm an old man, I have all my old man savvy, but I'm in a young man's body, which is the most dangerous thing in the world to young girls, uh, let's see Lex drives like a dick, even more than normal uh, the old man pimp is killing mofos with a razor wire, which is so badass like that, you really have to want to kill somebody to kill him with a razor wire uh, let's see Clark realizes that he will outlive everyone he cares about, which kind of like makes him sad. And and this is the first time this effect pops up, and when I was watching the show ten years ago, I thought nothing of it, but when I saw it this time, I was like, wait a minute, that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, old Man Pimp goes to stab Clark, and the knife shatters on Clark. Now, I understand that it's meant to represent that Clark is invulnerable, and it and, and, and nothing can hurt him, but the amount of force it would take from the guy wielding the knife to make it shatter should have been able to hurt Clark a little bit. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, we get the first appearance of the hospital, and Lex starts to obsess about the accident. Anything from you, Mike?
0: Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, the one of the scenes that i thought was actually pretty good was when uh, lana discovers the wall of weird and sees the picture of herself um you know right there well not in the center but prominent Uh, i thought that was actually kind of interesting i mean there was a strange sense of of betrayal uh but also i think an understanding and you know where you really start to see her you start to see Lana becoming more of a character. And at this point in the show, that's really good. Eventually, that starts to work against her. But uh, we'll get to that somewhere down the road. Um,
1: yeah, it's definitely a detriment.
0: But the, certainly the big thing are the visions. When, when Cassandra touches Clark, she sees, um, she sees that he becomes Superman. Uh, you see the cape with the S on it. Uh, she said that she had seen him in the futures of so many people saving them at critical moments in their life. So uh, that was was pretty cool but that was not as good as the end when she sees Lex's future and you see Lex becoming president uh, wearing the black glove that at that time was uh, a reflection of his the hand that he lost to Kryptonite in the comics. Um, and basically, what causing a nuclear war and being covered in blood. And yep, blood rain. That uh, the vision of of Lex's destiny actually kills the old psychic woman. It terrifies her to death, and she never tells Lex what he's going to become. Oh, poor Lex. Uh, I gave that episode a B. Um, I will give this one an an A minus because I really liked those elements i mean the the actual old man plot was pretty pretty typical uh it was a, at least a little bit different uh in that the the guy the, this person was killing with actually more solid motivations so it was a little bit more traditional that way but the you know how many people must have fallen in that lake did this happen to all of them um kryptonite starts doing some weird shit I remember to the electrocute, there was the electricity, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, somehow they they mix lightning into the mix, or electricity, and all kinds of funky stuff happens.
1: Yeah, that's the way it works. But on to episode seven. Uh, let's see. This is the
0: one with Amy Adams. That's right. Yes. Oscar winner? Yeah, and uh, Lois Lane. Is Lois Lane mentioned in the episode? No, she, no. Amy Adams is Lois Lane. Oh, that's right. She is Lois Lane. Uh, but let's see. This one is called Craving by Michael Green, writer, and Philip Segresia. It aired on November 27th. And this is the, uh, the fat chick who eats people? Uh, she doesn't eat people.
1: Uh, She eats their fat. She sucks down their fat. Uh, she has horrible fat makeup. Uh, the bitch is eating kryptonite. Uh, in this episode, Kryptonite hurts Clark a lot more than it did in the pilot. And the pilot that made him weak in this episode, it really, like, just knocks him the fuck down. Uh, let's see. Uh, Whitney is a douche and can't thank Clark for something, and I don't know what I wrote. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Bitch lost a ton of weight and ate a raw deer. I love what I write. This was like a month ago. Cart causes more property damage. He causes so much property damage. Uh, A fat-sucking vampire, which is two episodes after the heat-sucking vampire. Uh, Lex and Chloe... Which was right
0: after the uh, fire guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Lex and Chloe meet for the first time. Uh, The moral of the story is don't piss off fat girls. Uh, Dr. Hamilton is black, which is something new. It's just they're throwing black characters in because they have to.
0: Uh, let's... Well, what's, what's interesting, though, is this is Stephen Hamilton. In the really? comics, it was Emil Hamilton, who does show up later. I did not know that. And is played by Geta from Battlestar Galactica. I did not know that. So, that's yeah, pretty cool. Because I, I, when, when I was watching this and he was referring to Dr. Hamilton, I'm like, wait a minute, there's a Dr. Hamilton at the end of the show that's a totally different guy. So, yeah, when I checked, he's Stephen Hamilton. So it was a strange little... Nod, but that was interesting because that was uh, Joe Morton. Um, yeah, and uh, he this there's been this sort of uh, plot running through the subplot of Lex being obsessed with the accident, and uh, even uh, even kind of going farther back, connecting all of this to what happened to him in the uh, the meteor field. And I don't remember if it's in this episode or later where they, they introduce a weird thing how Lex has never been sick a day in his life uh, ever uh, that since That isn't the in this season at all. No, that had to be in this season because I saw it. No, it isn't. I, I just saw it. We re this. I haven't watched season two yet. Uh, I know that they mention that he... It's
1: a mention, but it isn't a uh, I haven't been sick since the meteor accident. It's just like I haven't been sick in a while. No, in this one,
0: uh, I, I, I mean, I don't think I'd be yeah. remembering it that clearly if it was actually from season two.
1: I think, no, I I think what you're doing is what I did, because I wrote it in, at the beginning, I wrote it in the pilot, even though they don't, they don't mention it, that Clark, that uh, Lex never gets sick. They don't mention it in the pilot, uh, and I think he makes mention of the fact that he hasn't been sick in a very long time, but I don't think that... They they tie the two together until season two. That's just me thinking.
0: Uh, well, either way, I remember it, oh, and uh, and maybe not, but uh, that, oh, let's see. that's that's one of the things that kind of runs through is this this conspiracy sort of angle where and and that's where the the doctor comes in. I mean, he, all of these these things that Lex are, are researching, trying to find out, trying to unlock the mystery of of those two days. And, yeah, they eventually don't, I think, do anything with the with the illness. But just, you know, there's this weird obsession on Lex's part. And ultimately, both parts of it are connected to Clark, even though he doesn't realize it until much, much later. Yeah,
1: uh, let's see. This is the first non-super-strong villain. Like, every villain up until this point has been able to punch the shit out of Clark and knock him halfway across the room. This is the first one that couldn't do that. She was just a fat sucker all she did. Uh, let's see. Dr. Hamilton is a sex offender. I don't know why I wrote that. I kind of wish I had gone back and watched the episode again. And uh,
0: what? You no, know? That, that's Yeah, that's why he uh, lost his research gig at the university. Because he, uh, I, I thought he just got it on with one of the students. So it wasn't illegal, but it was inappropriate or something like that. He was discredited and kicked out, or something.
1: Well, have you seen the girls in Smallville? I wouldn't blame him.
0: I would not, because the ones at that college are legal.
1: Right. Uh, I gave the episode a C, because it's not that bad.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. It would be, it would have been better if there were better uh, effects and better fat suit. But uh, the, you know. The rest of the execution was actually not bad.
1: Yep. And on to
0: episode eight. Uh, what's this, the title? This is uh, Jitters by Sherry Bennett and Jeff Gotsfeld, uh, directed by Michael Watkins and Greg Beeman, aired December 11th, er, 2001. And this one All was right. weird. Now it had uh, Tony Todd. Yep, uh, and he was shaken. Shaken a
1: lot. Uh, Clark gets left home alone for the first time. Uh, Earl was experimented on. Uh, let's see. By this point, episode eight, which is two months into the show, with the exception of Pa Kent, all the characters on Smallville are pretty likable. Pa Kent is just kind of a, he. Uh, the only reason I don't like Pa Kent in this. At this point is he's a dick to Lex and Lex is actually really likable. Uh, Clark throws a house party, which was really awesome. Uh, let's see. Lex has fireworks for Clark's party. Uh, the house is a mess and Clark uses super speed to uh, fix it up after the fact. And Martha and Mom and pa can't catch it. And, and we find out that Ma Kent is from Metropolis and she moved to the, to the sticks to be with him or pocket. Chloe's dad works for works with shit. Oh he works with shit. Uh, Level three is mentioned in this one Lex tries to save everyone because he's awesome there's a bad Pete ADR line there's a moment where Pete says something and I can't remember what it was but his back is to the camera and it's very clear that they were like oops we forgot this and just popped it into the story Uh, I, I level three was empty and then then I wrote this, what an asshole holding on to shit while he has the shakes, how inconsiderate. And that's at the end of the episode, Tony Todd starts to shake and they're on this big ass bridge and instead of like dropping to the ground and like holding on to himself shaking, what does he do? He decides to grab onto the railing and that of course makes the railing, like the whole thing fall apart and I think he dies there. And, uh, let's see, and we find out how much of a dick Lionel is. So Lionel was li- willing to let Lex die to prove a point, and Lex is jealous of Clark and the way his family is. He, that, that You find that out very much at the end of this episode.
0: Yeah, that was a, a great scene where Lex uh, looks over and sees Clark hugging his parents uh, in, in a real embrace. Knowing that his father was willing to uh, let him die, and then what didn't Lionel hug him for the cameras? Uh, oh, it wasn't even it wasn't even that it was horrible. So, uh, so yeah, that that was that was one of the better things in this episode. Uh, I thought that was, the the party scene was great. Uh, the scene where he cleans everything at super speed, uh, he thinks before his parents are home, and then that camera pulls back and they're standing there and they just watched him do this and, and I totally fell for it I mean it's kind of an obvious gag in a lot of ways but the way that they executed it uh, it, it really worked very well uh, the, the slow motion effects were pretty good um, you know I thought there was a, a lot to like in this episode the jittering thing was weird but I always love Tony Todd
1: uh, you well, know, that's i That's d- right
0: I wrote Go secret ahead. button I, I forgot plus.
1: about that uh, when they get into the elevator, they go to press the button to go down to level three and there's no button there and then he just rubs his finger on the right spot and oh my goodness there's the button for C- for level three after Clark breaks down a wall. I, let's not forget that that was kind of awesome too. Uh, this episode I gave a C plus I thought it was alright but the shakes kind of took me out of it a bit. Um, and I, Pa Kent is really a dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that that's one of the things that uh, that I think was sort of odd about this show is, is I I always kind of got this feeling that if Pa Kent had actually been a little bit nicer, maybe Lex wouldn't have turned out evil. Um, because all he wanted was a daddy to love him. Uh, and and you know, there's always around this time, you can joke about a strange homoerotic connection between Clark and Lex. You know, Lex has kind of a a love, an obsession um, and 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 I think you know, around this time of the season you you can start making jokes about it. It isn't really there, but it starts to. I think actually become become less subtextual and more nudge nudge wink wink.
1: All right, and
0: what was your what was your grade for that one? yeah I'd, I'd give this one a, a B plus because of those those character moments because of that stuff, uh, the father and son stuff with with Lionel and Lex versus the the uh, Jonathan and Clark. Uh, the party scene, like I said, was really great. The fi- Lex setting up the fireworks and, and making sure that they weren't going to get busted. Uh, you know, it was it was just, there was a lot of good stuff. The actual, again, the A-plot, the villain, the, the freak of the week, that was weak, but the rest of the show was pretty strong. And that's one thing I think the show does start to really do better and better over time, is even when that main whatever is going on, is just pretty typical. Uh, they'll keep the mythology going, they'll keep the character moments going, and, and that's really what ropes you into the show more than the logic of of uh, whatever this Freak of the Week is.
1: And speaking of that, we're on episode 9 now, and there is no Freak of the Week in episode 9. Uh, Clark goes to Metropolis, he's at an art gallery, there's an out-of-control bus, and he kills a bunch of people on the bus by stopping it. I, actually, uh, he didn't kill anybody, but he, he stopped the bus. You see it in the in the beginning of the show, I think all the way through till the end, him stopping the bus with his shoulder, and he really should have killed a few people, but a cop sees it and follows him, uh, knows Clark's secret, drops an engine on him in the barn, I think, and, you know, he's fine. Uh, I wrote Chloe is, piss, is PMSing, Clark outsmarts cop. I don't know what that means either. Uh, let's see. Clark is faster than a speeding bullet in this episode. A uh, bad guy knows Clark's secret is killed! Oh my goodness! Chloe admits her crush on Clark. Lex fucks hot bitches. Of course he does. Lex has a photo of Clark running at super speed. And Lex starts to suspect Clark that something's different about Clark. He kind of suspected it before, but he stopped for a while. But he's starting to think that again.
0: Yeah, this was, uh, this was called Rogue, written by Mark Verheiden. It was directed by David Carson. Aired January 15, 2002. Um, yeah, there were some interesting moments in this. Uh, there's a scene where, uh, at the Metropolis Museum, when Clark is looking at some sort of ancient armor, and the guy's basically got a snake on his chest inside the... Uh, Sort of the the pentagon shape of Superman's s and Clark makes some crack about, uh, I, he couldn't see himself going to battle with something like that on his chest, and you know this type that type of joke pops up a lot throughout the show, you know him making comments about tights or something or a cape, and uh, you know that that's something you see here, yeah the bus effect was kind of weird not it was it was good for TV back then. Uh, back then, you'd watch it and say, you know, that that was not bad. Now you'd watch it and you realize that they could do a lot better. But, you know, I don't hold that against the show. I mean, that's... that's oh, as as it I don't does. hold the effect against it. Um, yeah, this has got uh, Victoria, who is uh, Lex's hot British girlfriend who, uh, who has returned to his life. Uh, and she actually, uh, her plot plays out over the rest of the season, really yeah uh, but yeah this has uh, basically like you said the the bad guy cop the crooked cop um, finds out Clark's secret he's going to blackmail and blah 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 and he dies yep they always die that's because God likes Clark Kent God loves Clark Kent <laughs> but uh, yeah that was that first hint that uh oh Lex, Lex has got a picture Lex is going to know something which he never really found out. Oh, he did. And then they wiped his memory.
1: Well, I don't count that finding out. I, I mean, like, in that first five seasons, he he really should have known and he never did.
0: Well, it was, there were, well actually, isn't that coming up where uh, he actually tests it, but it's during the period where Clark doesn't have his powers? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, that was lucky. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so next I... up is Shimmer.
1: Whoa! Speeding along. I gave this episode a C. Uh,
0: I yeah, I would say a C. Some oh, again, some, some nice moments. No, we agreed earlier on the D. I bumped it to a D plus, but close enough. Yeah, I mean this was it wasn't bad. Uh, again, the uh, the A plot didn't really do it, and this was also. There had been a couple of instances But this is the one where as soon as he finds out That's when he's like Oh well we know how this is going to end, he's going to die You know, by this time We're at what, episode 9 We have already figured out That that is sort of like Geek law on Smallville
1: Yeah Uh, Let's see Episode ten, Shimmer.
0: Shimmer by Michael Green and Mark Verheiden, uh, written or directed by D J Caruso, uh, from January 29th, two thousand two, and this is the uh, invisible dude.
1: Invisible dude, the blood drive. Uh, Lex Luthor has another stalker. Um, let's see, the, my favorite part. There in in the uh, there's a floating dumbbell in the uh, locker room and the guy's just like, what is going on? And instead of taking a swing at the floating dumbbell, like, I don't know anybody would do like, what the fuck? Why is that in the air? Uh, he, he just lets it hit him. Uh, Lana and Whitney fight a bit. Uh, Clark can't give blood. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Lex's crazy stalker through hot tea, hot tea on Lex's hot girlfriend uh, Pa Kent is teaching Clark the importance of lying. Uh, the crazy girl stole Lex's watch Cadmus labs is mentioned for the first time in this episode. Uh, let's see. I, I started to notice that Lana is much more fun to watch when she's kind of like, I'm doing this this week. Now I'm going to do this this week. And she's not really focused. Uh, let's see. Nell cockblocks blocks, Clark, hardcore Lana and Clark were about to kiss. And she was like, Oh, Hey, what are you guys doing? Like a bitch. Uh, Clark says he isn't the flying type which is pretty funny uh, Whitney's father is dying which is an ultimate cock block uh, there's an invisible cream that also happens to have kryptonite in it super memory I don't know what that means I don't. Mike might be able to tell me in a second uh, are things made of ice? what? Uh, war is our nature we don't need to put it on display mama luther that was kind of nice I liked that but anyway go ahead Mike
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't think this was a particularly good episode, um, I liked Amy, she was a little weird, but, um, you know, it really, the, it tries to set it up like she's the one, but then it turns out that it's her brother, um, you know, it's, she's sufficiently creepy, but, uh, just, this episode really didn't do it for me that much. I'd, I'd give what, what, C. I
1: I gave this one a B. Because I, 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 I started to learn not to watch the actual every episode story and started to watch the character development. And the character development is actually pretty decent in these episodes at this point. Like the, the, the Freak of the Week part is boring, but... Chloe is jealous again, Lex is failing Lionel, uh, let's see, what else, what other things are there, uh, Lon and Whitney fight, there's, there's all kinds of other drama going on in the store, the show, that I didn't need to, I don't need the freak of the week, so I thought that was pretty cool,
0: I gave it a B, alright, episode 11, episode 11 is called Hug, uh, written by Doris Egan, directed by Chris Long, aired February 5th 2002 uh, this is the sales guy yeah this is a
1: guy that got weird touch manipulation powers from kryptonite so if he touches you he can control you it's kind of cool and his friend crazy Kyle uh, can do the same thing uh, Chloe can't ride horses she's not very good at it. Lana falls off her horse and that's where we meet Cla- crazy Kyle uh, Lex doesn't shake hands with the other guy. I don't even remember what his name was, but Lex won't shake his hand, and, you know, then the guy can't close the deal. Uh, I, I wonder why Why do things keep shattering on Clark? That, 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 it's, it just keeps happening. Uh, let's see. Lana is a bitch in this episode. More of that to come. Uh, faster than the speeding bullet. Again, he's super fast. Clark trusts, trusts Lex to keep secrets he om- he almost tells him a secret well he doesn't almost but he really does trust him in this episode uh lex says smallville is his home he really does feel at home there there's an evil handshake which is cool clark and chloe make out for a second because you know in this episode they don't believe that he has these special powers like, come on. It's already episode 11. There's all kinds of crazy things going out, And he makes Chloe make out with Clark, and then Chloe doesn't remember it. Which is which was awesome for Clark. Uh, Lex has an Uzi and just starts firing off rounds, and Clark gets shot for the first time this episode, and he gets bruised. He, you know, it doesn't actually kill him, but we find out he isn't completely invulnerable yet. He's still getting stronger. So he gets shot, and he gets bruised, and it's kind of cool. And, uh, Clark calls Lex his best friend, so
0: that was pretty awesome. Yeah, this was a, kind of an interesting superpower, um, and I liked how it didn't work on Clark. I mean, this was an instance where his being Kryptonian, uh, the Kryptonite power didn't have a negative effect on him. Uh, he actually was immune to it, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, it was a weird power, certainly, and, uh, you know, just already kind of trying to find different ways to use this, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting how he got Jonathan Kent to, you know, sell the farm, I mean, that was this sort of, uh, great revelation as to how powerful that this was, and seeing Lex go batshit crazy was, was a lot of fun, I mean, didn't he... Uh, they are in a car, he pours gasoline on it and sets it on fire. Isn't that what he did? Yep. So, uh, so yeah, that was kind of fun. Uh, I'd, I'd give this episode a B. Yep. Uh, same thing for me. Seeing, yeah. Seeing the kiss was kind of fun too. Episode 12. Episode What's the name? It is called Leech, uh, written by Tim Schlottman, director Greg Beeman aired February 12, 2002, and this is Clark uh, loses his powers or transfers his powers to another kid. Another kid that is the same actor that is
1: (laughs) Jimmy Olsen, but not the same Jimmy Olsen, uh, which I thought was funny. He's also Iceman. Uh, They go on a hiking trip, Uh, there's Kryptonite, and it starts to glow near Clark, par usual. Uh, there's a lightning strike while the other kid is holding a bag of kryptonite, and it turns Clark, well, it transfers Clark's powers into Jimmy Olsen. Uh, Clark bleeds. Uh, Eric's dad is an asshole. Whitney has a third different truck, because he just keeps crashing that bitch. Uh, Nell is selling her shop, because by this point, they've realized that Nell as a character just doesn't work. They, they are slowly but surely phasing anything that has to do with Nell out of the show, and by season two she leaves for Smallville for Metropolis, and I don't think we ever see her again. Uh, let's see, Lex. This is the episode where Lex thinks he's has Clark found out, and then well, he doesn't have his powers. Uh, how how strong are these people that attack superpower people? That's probably another shattering thing. Chloe uh, gives Eric the name Superboy because instead of hiding the powers, Eric or jimmy olsen starts showing off clark has fun playing uh basketball english chick betrays lex lex played victoria like a fiddle nice because he's lex fucking luther that's why you love him uh clark borrows lana's necklace and then uh what is it columbine superman i don't know why i wrote that oh that's right because he goes on like a rampage at the end of the episode and then i think a lightning strike and or something doesn't he like something.
0: wear a long leather jacket or something
1: yeah, he, a long black trench coat. He does do that. I think that's, that's quite, why I wrote Columbine
0: Superman. Which is funny, because eventually so does Clark. Really? But uh, um, I gave this episode a B. It was fun. Um, one interesting thing, though, um, this is not the guy who played Jimmy Olsen. It isn't? It looks exactly like him. This is Sean Ashmore. That was, I believe, Aaron Ashmore, his identical twin brother, who is also an actor. <laughs> They're really interchangeable. <laughs> it's it's because it, this is the guy who played Iceman, but then he from this he went on to Iceman and he was too big for Smallville. His younger identical brother not so successful. That's his younger identical brother. How do you know he's younger? I don't know. He might not be, but usually the second uh, child is just always got a problem. But, uh, but yeah, in like, any event, this this was interesting. Uh, you know, they had to defuse the, the Lex curiosity situation. And uh, it was just another one of those, okay, so now lightning. He So the kid had kryptonite in his bag. And the lightning hits Clark. The electricity travels through Clark into the kryptonite, into the kid transferring superpowers. And then coincidentally reverses it by the end of the episode. So that we're starting to get into the weird Smallville science here, but uh, it was kind of interesting that um, when this person got superpowers, like many people do seem, and certainly at the beginning, almost everybody who got superpowers other than Clark, uh, many of them, if not most of them, turn out kind of evil. So even though he started off kind of wanting to do the right thing, Uh, eventually the power goes to his head. And and that's really always been at the heart of Smallville. It's not the powers. It's the man. It is that upbringing. It is Pa Kent. This guy's dad is a total dick. And his son turns rotten. Lionel Luther is a total dick. And his son turns rotten. Jonathan Kent, good father. You know, the world does not die. Right. Right. You keep bringing that point up. But anyway, what was your
1: grade? I gave a B. a um, B. Yeah, I'd give it a B also. Alright.
0: Episode 13. What's the title? 13 is Kinetic by Philip Levins. Uh, directed by Robert Singer. Aired February 26, 2002. Um, and uh, this is uh, The Guys Who Walk Through Walls. The Kryptonite Tattoo thought this was kind of an an unusual use of of kryptonite, uh, in a, a in a temporary use. Certainly, we will find out that you know this was this the first time someone actually uses deliberately uses the kryptonite to get powers. Uh, yeah, it is actually. Um, so that was kind of interesting. These uh, these ex-football players who uh, haven't gone on to anything get kryptonite tattoos, and now, the idea that they just got this immaterial ability from the kryptonite was fine, but then they tried to explain it by it's got their metabolism so worked up that they're vibrating so hard, and it was kind of like, you know, don't even try to explain this shit, just kryptonite, they walk through walls, that's how it works, don't ask. Um, Kind of interesting. interesting, guy got his arm you know, basically solidified in a wall.
1: Which was the only time I've ever seen them use the, uh, what do you call that? The vision, the x-ray vision, pretty cool. Like, hey, there's an arm in there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lex hits on Chloe in this episode, which was kind of awesome. Chloe falls out of a uh, third-story building and survives. Clark blames himself for not dating to Chloe in time, which is kind of funky. Uh, Whitney loses his scholarship in this episode. Evangeline Lily. Or yeah, Evangeline Lily is in the background in this episode. She's just a hot girl in this episode. Uh, from Lost, she's I can't remember which one she is. I can't remember her name, but she's from Lost, and you know, I'm like, holy shit, she's there. Uh, Clark Kent is being as uh, gets called a reporter because he's actually investigating things in this episode. Uh, Whitney joins the bad guys. Whitney is found out. Lex is really Clark's friend. He really does go to bat for him over and over again. And Lana saves the theater. Uh, that was in the back of Nell's flower shop and that theater happens to be the Talon which, it's the Talon, it's all over the place for a very
0: long time Uh, I gave this episode a C Uh, I would give it a C plus I thought that it was kind of an interesting use of the of the kryptonite here, you know, using it as a tattoo again, like I said the first time, you get this idea that people people know that this this rock does stuff, and I'm sure by this point, I was already sick of the term meteor rock. When they eventually just learned to call it kryptonite, that was much much better. But meteor rock was such an awkward oh my god, this must be made out of meteor rock. Well, this is meteor rock. It's it was just a, a horrible term. Um, but, uh, but again, just some, some good character stuff. Uh, you know, Whitney really starts to become a far more sympathetic character than he was in the pilot, when basically he was just the obstacle who strung Clark up. Um, over time, you really kind of get a little bit more of a, of a character, and it's funny, as he does become more interesting, more well-rounded, it is when clearly things are are going bad with him and Lana so it's kind of a you kind of feel sorry for him a little bit Clark sort of fucks him up not that
1: much uh (laughs) episode 14 uh Lex is kidnapped and hung upside down this is an episode that has absolutely nothing to do with superpowers whatsoever period no superpowers uh let's see there's a contractor dicking around Lana Chloe is investigating Clark's life uh they find a hand in a box Chloe digs too deep and pisses off Clark. Uh she finds out that the adoption agency that set up uh the adoption for Clark it's fake. So and Clark kinda gets pissed about her about it. Uh Dirty Cop reappears in flashback. There's a question of superhearing. I call I, I think superhearing might pop up it might have popped up in this episode, but it's not for sure. Uh Pa Kent doubts Lex again. Uh let's see. All the kink cows are dead. (laughs) Luther Corp is the cause. I remember that. Club Zero pops up. Uh, The contractor kills New Jude. uh, Because there was a guy who just happened to look like the guy who died in Club Zero earlier on in the episode. And uh, the contractor is the big bad guy of the episode. Uh, Central City is mentioned. Bloodhaven is mentioned. And the Talon is open in this episode.
0: Mike. Yeah, this one uh this one was uh zero. It was written by Alfred Gough and Miles Millar. they did the story. The teleplay was Mark for Haydn. Uh directed by Michael uh Cadelman, aired March 12, 2002. Uh has got Corin Nemec as Jude, uh, who uh was off from the old show Parker Lewis Can't Lose. I'm sure he's still trying to live that down, but uh he does. he does a pretty good job. And yeah, the whole time I'm watching this going Okay, now, I, I, I still don't get what his superpower is. Yeah, okay, wait, he's... Okay, so clearly he is a guy come back from the dead, and the whole time I'm trying to figure out how did this guy come back from the dead. And no, they actually got you on this one. This is not... This is not there's no kryptonite. I thought the, the scene in the club was pretty good. You know, Lex was being a real... It was both being a douchebag and quite kind of... Uh, noble at the same time. Uh, And, uh, you know, I I didn't see the little twist coming at the end. Um, But but I thought this was a pretty well done episode overall, until the, you know, when they're keeping you guessing as to what's really going on, it it really is, I think, fairly gripping. But then when you get the payoff, and it's really just kind of stupid, it's a double, that you just happen to stumble across, and oh, she happens to be the Sister of this guy, and you know, a lot of weird little conveniences to uh, to make make the payoff kind of a little weak.
1: Yeah, but I gave it an a minus. Uh,
0: you know, yeah, i I'd, I'd give it a B plus, but I could probably be swayed to an a minus because it was very stylish. The music worked really well in this episode. Um, sometimes, the the music in Smallville did, like you said, have a little too much of the Hey, why don't you're watching this Warner Brothers show on a Warner Brothers network, why don't you listen to some Warner Brothers music? Um it you know, it it would feel very much like it's a commercial. But in this episode I think the music, uh, because of the setting, because of the kind of music it was, that it, it worked a little bit better. So, um yeah, A minus to B plus somewhere in there yay episode 15 what's the name this is nicodemus this is uh written by or the story by greg walker teleplay by michael green directed by james marshall aired march 19th 2002 um this is the plant that makes people crazy and makes of naked yeah, It's also the
1: second episode where there really aren't any... I mean, the Kryptonite technically brought this flower back from extinction, but it didn't actually add anything to the flower. The flower did this shit to people, and that's why it kind of got wiped out to begin with. Uh, let's see. There's a Dukes of Hazard reference. Bo Duke still has his driving skills. Pa Kent drives this
0: shit out of the truck yeah, in this episode. Yeah, he's awesome. This is a great Pa Kent episode.
1: Yeah. Because he's not as much—he's he, more of an asshole, but he's kind of cool. Uh, you, we find out that Pete's family was screwed by Lionel. One one-ring answering machine—the the phone rings once, and the answering machine goes. Like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, let's see. Pod pa can't passed out. I don't know why I wrote that. Why would people so get so close to a moving plant? Oh, that's right—the plant starts to move and opens up, and everybody gets really close and looks at it, like. I've seen Venus fly traps when they, they start to open up, and you're like, oh, that's cool. I don't move closer to them. I know that they bite. I, I know they can't really hurt me, but at the same time, you see a moving plant, and it's moving fairly quickly for a plant. Uh, don't get too close to it. Uh, let's see. Lex tries to find a cure for pocket. Lana gets hit by the flower of doom and dresses like a slut. She tries to seduce Clark, and then she jumps in the pool. Oh, the pool scene. That is the best scene in the world. She, like, literally, this is where I think everybody who watched Smallville that liked Lana, this is the absolute pinnacle of Lana. This is the moment you fall in love with her. Because she makes references to wanting to fuck Clark in the pool, and it's awesome. Uh, and then there's the 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 reference of Chloe, Lana Lane goes softcore, which is funny. Uh, let's see, Lana tries to seduce Lex. She does a very good job of it climbs to the top of the windmill and steals Lex's car. Uh, they gave Pete more to do by also hating Luther in this episode. Uh, Chloe, and Pete break into Hamilton's lab. The only black in Smallville robs people. I I, I I don't know why I wrote that. Lex finds a cure, and then Lex sends Hamilton to Cad- Cadmus Labs. I guess this. I gave this episode an A. I like it a lot.
0: Um. Yeah. I would. Uh. I would give it an A. Uh, this was, again, it was nice to see something that tangentially was kryptonite. Um, but, you know, it ties back into the uh, Dr. Hamilton story. Um, really, there's... Like I said, it's a great Jonathan Ken episode. And Jonathan was really one of my favorite parts of Smallville. Personally, I think the show jumped the shark when he died. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was great at the beginning... Uh, Jonathan Kent also sh- here showing his driving skills uh, saves a guy and there's a, a crack where they people had already acknowledged that Clark was popping up saving people at accidents an awful lot it became like a a little bit of a running gag uh, at one point in this episode they were like oh he almost died but a driver some other driver saved him was like don't tell me it was Clark Kent and they're like well actually it was Jonathan and that's it's kind of funny but it also points out that, you know, it's a like father, like son. If Jonathan Kent had superpowers, probably wouldn't be as good as Superman, but he would he would be a, a good hero. That's something that's in, in the upbringing. You get to see him lose his shit and go go basically take a shotgun to a banker saying, give me some more fucking money. Um, he's yelling horrible things at other drivers. He's being a total douchebag. I mean, he really gets a chance. Jonathan Kent has to be such an upstanding character. That John Schneider doesn't get a chance to really have much fun with him, and in this episode he did. I think it totally came across, and uh, you know Lana did a great job too. I mean, I I think, I think she did, finally got a chance to play something other than Lana's little Miss Princess. You know, the actors really all had a chance to play another another side. I always love it in episodes, and Smallville will do this a lot where people flip their personalities, and the actors get to sort of stretch their acting a little bit. And in this one, we find out that you the, this world is much physically smaller than ours. Maybe that's why he can fly. Maybe gravity in this world is smaller, because you can actually see uh, New York from Kansas. Smallville. Well, Smallville's in Kansas. I mean, Metropolis. Yeah, like I said, New York.
1: Anyway, on to our next episode. Well, on to the next episode. Episode sixteen.
0: What's the title? Episode sixteen is Stray. Uh, this was a. Uh, this was pretty good. This is where you find the uh, the psychic kid, who um, can't read Clark's thoughts and whose evil step parents are uh, are using him for no good. Uh, It was written by Philip Levins, directed by Paul Shapiro, and aired April 16th, 2002.
1: Yeah, one of the parents was a porn star. I can't remember what her name was, but she's a porn star. uh, When She's not really his parent. She's just a a person who takes advantage of him. Warrior Angel is mentioned in this. I don't know if Warrior Angel pops up again, but it's a comic book character. Uh, Ma Kent hits the kid with a car, which was cool. Uh Lionel offers Lex a promotion and uh a job back in Metropolis. Like you've done good work here, son. Come back to Metropolis. Uh Chloe is a very bad liar. Seriously a giant digital camera. I I was I was just in entranced by that. Uh the kid finds out that Clark has powers. Lex reveals that he had a brother, Julian. He also has a sister on the show too, but I think that happens later on and I don't remember it because I didn't watch it. Uh, the Clark ship is different in the, in the pilot than it is in this episode or any episode after. Uh, let's see. stepmom comes to steal the kid. Lex is kidnapped again because there's only like two people that they ever put in peril. I think Ma Kent doesn't even get put in peril as much as Lex and Lana on this show, which is rather bizarre. Uh, Chloe wants Clark to ask her to prom, but of course she, you know, he won't because he doesn't see her there. She's the girl he doesn't notice. Uh, let's see, Ryan, the psychic kid, hides in a bowling alley. The guy comes to get him. He's gonna kill him, and then Clark throws a bowling ball through a wall, which seriously is is awesome. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, Lex does decides not to take the promotion from his father. Uh, Edge City is mentioned, which I think is only in this show. It's mentioned a bunch, but it's never actually in DC Comics. And uh, someone who know someone knows Clark's secret, and they don't die or lose their memory. It's the first time in the show that that happens. I gave this
0: episode a B. Uh, I would give it a B plus. Um, the, the, he didn't get his powers from Kryptonite, did they? Was that part of this? Part of
1: this. Nope. nope. Kryptonite. Explain,
0: yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool that they were opening it up to. Uh, more, you know, super abilities than just uh, those brought on by kryptonite. Um, there were some predictable things with, with this type of a, of a story. Uh, it's a, a little heavy handed, but the kid was pretty good. I thought he did a good, a good job. I liked how he, uh, really liked Clark because he couldn't read Clark's mind. Um, so that was uh, another instance where Clark uh, Clark being an alien made him resistant to the abilities of somebody. Uh so I thought it was uh I thought it was pretty good. Um you know the the adopted kid Clark almost strangely getting a little brother and and maybe both of them realizing that there are other people out there who have these abilities who are not necessarily freaks or psychos or villains. So um yeah, B+. Alright. Uh, episode 17! That is Reaper. Uh, by Cameron Litvak, directed by Terrence O'Hara, aired April 23rd, 2002. This is the creepy assisted suicide episode
1: with a kryptonite zombie. Uh, the guy has a uh, power that turns any living thing that he touches through dust flowers, fruit, people Clark and it almost works on Clark but you know Clark is badass uh, Clark uh, has been going on a fishing trip for years with his dad but he doesn't want to go fish with his dad uh, Lex gives Clark uh, football tickets so you know he's like, hey let's go to the football game and of course Pa can't, fucking freaks out par usual uh, Whitney's dad has another heart attack we don't know how much longer he's gonna make it Lionel is having Lex audited as payback for not taking the promotion uh, Lex is having the kints investigated, and Pa Kent finds out about it. Uh, Lex confronts Pa Kent about being a dick to him he's like dude I'm trying to be a nice guy here why, why the fuck are you like putting the shit my dad did on me and you know Pa Kent very quickly tells him why uh, let's see. The zombie guy kills himself by touching himself. I wrote Chloe is so cute. I don't know why. Uh, Lionel is proud of Lex for being a dick. Lex hooks up Whitney at the end of the uh, episode, letting Whitney play with the sharks because that's what his father always wanted to see him do. And his father is in a wheelchair, and Whitney is throwing the football with the rest of the professional football team in the uh, well in Metropolis. Uh, I gave the episode a B.
0: Uh, I would give it a C. I thought the the powers and the kid were kind of weird. Um, it just never uh, never kind of clicked with me. Um, I I, I thought that the uh, the effect of the people sort of turning into dust or whatever was was pretty good, but uh, I don't know, just sort of rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like the villain that much. Um, let's see. Episode 18. That is Drone by Philip Levins and Michael Green, uh, directed by Michael Cattleman from April 30th, 2002. And... Uh, yeah, this is, this is yet another bug person. A lot of bugs in Smallville.
1: Nah, this isn't so much a bug person. She's the queen bee. Uh, this is the class elections episode. Like, everybody's running for school president and bullshit like that. And I wrote down, You would think by now people would leave Smallville because of all the freaky shit going down. At this point, this is the 18th episode, and all kinds of weird shit has happened. Now, I don't know if it had been happening before the beginning of Smallville, before the pilot, but there's sure shit ton happening now and nobody's leaving. Uh, Pete nominates Clark for class president. Uh, Lex helps a hot reporter with car trouble. He's going to bang her. I wrote that. I wrote. I see because I write these notes as I'm watching the episode, and he does end up banging her. Uh, creepy hot girl is hurting folks, which is the queen bee. Uh, quitting is for bitches. I don't know why I wrote that. Uh, the talent is lacking customers. Uh, oh, that's why I wrote that. Uh, Clark is called the man of tomorrow, or somebody in this episode is called man of tomorrow. And for those of you that don't
0: remember, wasn't that? Uh, the title of one of the books, a comic? Yeah, that, that was a, an old an old term for him. But then in the nineties, that was the fifth Superman book. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Chloe's Clark, Clark. That was that was Lex's slogan when he ran for um, president. Because uh, Clark asks Lex for some advice, and his sl- s- slogan was like, "The man of tomorrow is something today." And uh and Clark was like, ooh, that's catchy, can I use it? And uh I would, I thought I thought this was pretty good. Let's I'd, see, what else do we got in this episode? Uh we got the hot cheerleader.
1: A hot cheerleader getting killed by bees. The super uh, nerd. Super nerd. Uh Chloe, as opposed to endorsing her friend, she votes with her conscience as the the head of the paper, which I can't remember the name of the paper right now, she she endorses Paul as class president. Uh, why does Clark need to snoop when he can look through walls? And and he does. He goes and snoops in the Queen bitch's like lair, and he's snooping around. But he can look through walls. Why would he need to snoop? But whatever. Uh, Lana begins to fight dirty to protect the the Talon, and Lex bribes. The reporter bitch that he fucked at the beginning of the episode. Uh, I gave
0: it a B. A B for the B. Yeah. Uh, I'd give it a B plus. Um, I like the the Man of Tomorrow joke. I think um, the uh, the super nerd uh, had kind of like a Supermanish costume. So there's they're really starting to to lay on the the odd little references to what's to come. Uh, pretty good here. Um, I like the, just the, the idea, Clark Kent running for president, uh, getting beaten horribly. Um, you know, pretty good overall. The show is really finding its footing at this time. You know, uh, the Lex stuff, pretty much anytime Lex is on the screen, it's, it's working pretty well. Yep, uh, episode 19. 19 is called Crush by Philip Levins. Alfred Goff and Miles Millard, directed by James Marshall uh, it aired on March 7th 2002
1: let's see we've got Mayor Siegel in this episode I don't know if you noticed it but the mayor of Smallville is Siegel uh, they don't actually say what his first name is but it's very clearly a reference to one of the creators of Superman uh, let's see Chloe is super jealous of Lana uh, Clark wants to bang Chloe in this episode, out of nowhere. Uh, the dude can draw with his mind. He's, he's got telekinetic powers. He can move things with his mind. Uh, Whitney's dad is getting better. Lex is visit. Um Whitney is trying to reconnect with Lana, trying to get his relationship together. Lana wants Clark now, like she wants to bang him now. Magic picture. I don't know what that means. Uh, let's see. Chloe has a boyfriend, Clark is jealous, the the torch has a fax machine, which makes no sense why a high school newspaper would have a fax machine, uh, Principal Kwan gets his shit kicked in, and then gets gets killed, uh, Chloe is blinded by love, Lionel is selling Cadmus Labs, uh, Lionel hates Lex's nanny, Kwan's son is the hit-and-run driver that did some damage to something, and I don't remember what that is, uh... Why do things keep shattering on Clark? Yet again, somebody takes a swing at Clark with something and it shatters on him. And Whitney's dad dies. Oh, and Lana was about to break up with Whitney for Clark, but Whitney's dad died. And come on, that's the ultimate cock block. Way to go, Whitney's dad.
0: (laughs) Uh, He really took one for his son there, huh?
1: Didn't he? Uh, Do you remember why that happened? Let's see. Well,
0: this was uh, the, the kid was an artist and his hands were crushed so you can't draw with his hands but now he can draw with his mind because he's telekinetic which I don't think had anything
1: to do with kryptonite
0: it uh, yeah I don't I don't know if uh, if it did necessarily other than him just being from smallville
1: being small. yeah they, they really did start to drop the kryptonite monster of the week And there was a Monster of the Week, no doubt, but it didn't always have to be Kryptonite, and they really, really started to turn the Kryptonite knob down, because they're like, oh, wait, we don't need to do that. This whole universe has a bunch of freaks. We don't need to have them all connected to Kryptonite. Uh, I gave this episode a C. Um, I would
0: give it... I would give it a B-. Uh, I I liked the, the artist angle. I thought that was kind of clever. Um... There were some interesting twists in it, and and really, the other than being the uh, the psychotic, vengeance-seeking killer, the the guy was not that bad. He actually really did dig Chloe. He wasn't after Chloe for some kind of nefarious purpose. Uh, Chloe really seemed to like him. Uh, it really did bring out this all of a sudden jealous Clark, which which was odd. Um, but, uh, yeah, B-minus. All right, episode 20. Episode 20, we're getting near the end. This one is called Obscura, written by Mark Verheiden and Michael Green, directed by Terrence O'Hara, and was uh, originally aired on March 14th, 2002. Let's see, uh, I'm on a Whitney ride horses.
1: Huge explosion in meteor rocks. Uh, there's a gas line that's about to explode and it connects Lana to some other person. And then she can see through the eyes of a killer slash kidnapper. I uh, wrote lots of BSG cast members have shown up in this, this season. I don't know why. Uh, apparently lots of them have, uh, Lex and Podkint are friends. They, they've actually amended that relationship and uh, made me like Podkint a lot more at this point in the season. Chloe mentions her cousin. She doesn't say what her cousin's name is, but she mentions her cousins, a cousin at this point, her cousin in metropolis. Uh, let's see, the reporter begins to threaten Lex, again, a different reporter. Uh, Pete bangs all the bitches. He has girlfriends up the yin-yang at the end of this uh, this season. Out of nowhere, just girls love Pete. Pete Ross has pussy all over the place. Uh, let's see, why kidnap a cute girl and leave her clothes on? I don't know why I wrote that, but it doesn't make any sense. If you're going to kidnap a girl, why leave her clothes on? Uh, ambush buck. don't know why I wrote that. Uh, Lex has a different car in every episode, which is so pimp. I love that. I love that feature. Uh, Lex meets the town crazy. Lex is now investigating the spaceship. Uh, He he knows it's out there. He's looking for it. Uh, The search for Chloe starts tomorrow. Chloe is Clark's first kiss. Oh, how sad. Uh, Clark digs up Chloe. Pocket is stupid and gives back the money Lex gave him. Whitney is joining the army because... They really were like, we have no idea what we're going to do with this character. We're going to have to get rid of him. Uh, There was a joke about Whitney always crashing. Whitney's like, I'll drive somewhere. And everybody else is like, no, we'll drive. It's cool. Uh, Let's see, another bad guy dies because he knows Clark's secret. Uh, The reporter knows. uh, Clark asks Chloe to the dance. And Lex has a piece of Clark's ship. He has the the key to the ship.
0: Yeah, and this one... uh the reporter that uh, Lex had uh, had investigating some stuff finds a guy who claims that he saw a spaceship with the meteors, and uh, and he roughly knew where, where it crashed, and uh, Lex was out investigating that, and they find the octagonal uh, key that you eventually realize is the missing piece of his spaceship, and... Uh, I thought that those elements, the mythology elements, the you know Lex getting closer, uh, the the Lex and Jonathan Kent stuff was great, but the the A story here was I thought pretty stupid, um, amazingly stupid. So uh, I would probably I'll give this one a C because the B stuff was was so strong, but yeah the I see through the killer's eyes, but the killer is actually uh, a cop who who wants to be a hero by abducting someone and saving them, but just coincidentally that person can see through his eyes, or someone else can see through his eyes, and it's yeah, it's just really nonsensical. And when it comes out, you're just like, what? Well, it's a good thing the Lex stuff was good. Yeah, I gave it a C to Episode
1: 21, the season finale. What's it called?
0: It is called Tempest, uh, written by Alfred Goff and Miles Millar. Director Greg Beeman aired on uh, May 21st, 2002. The Tornado Prom. Yep, uh, it's part one of a two-parter,
1: Star Trek style. Uh, Lionel comes to Smallville and closes the plant. What a dick. Uh, Well, closes Lex's plant. Uh, Pa Kent is still a dick about Lex. Whitney tells Lana he's joining the Marines. Really, it switched from Army to Marines. I didn't even notice that. Chloe may have to move back to Metropolis because the plant is closed. Her father works for the plant, and well, there's no work there. Uh, let's see, Lex has a plan to save Smallville. Clark Truck is bombed by the reporter. Really? Wow. Reporter lets Clark know he knows. Uh, Lex is a piece of the spaceship. Lex threatens the reporter again. Whitney trying hard to hang on to Lana. Share a last dance. A storm is a coming. Uh Whitney asks Clark to look after Lana. That, I, I love Whitney's cockblock there. That was an amazing cockblock. That's a, I know you like her, and I know you aren't going to betray my trust because you're a good guy, and you're going to keep other guys away from her. It's a brilliant cockblock move there. Uh, let's see. Lana gives Whitney the necklace, uh, which I think comes up in season two. Uh, the reporter finds the ship and activates it. Remy Zero appears at the prom. Uh, Remy Zero is the people who do. Somebody say, me. Uh The tornado hits Lana. The kids find the reporter. Uh, Clark le- left Chloe at the dance like an asshole. Chloe was so sad. I felt so bad for her in that, that moment. Uh, Lex and Lionel get caught in the storm. Uh, Clark runs into the funnel cloud after Lana. And... The episode
0: ends that's that's the end of the episode cliffhanger yeah this uh i i really like this episode um the the opening with uh, lionel at the plant i mean that had been been one of the ongoing things is that lex had really turned the plant around and then lionel uh offers to bring him back uh to metropolis lex refuses saying he wants to stay at the plant so Lionel closes the plant. I mean, it's just part of this great uh, game of chess that, that the two of them play throughout the series all the way down to the end. Um, a combination of a, you don't fuck with me and I'm teaching you a lesson, and part of it is is because he's evil, but part of it's because he's basically training his son to be the man that he's destined to be, and... Um, all that stuff is good the the emotional aspect of it is good you really do just feel chloe's heartbreaking after clark sort of promising that he was going to be there for her um good special effects the spaceship coming to life it was a good cliffhanger ending a good season ending uh, i'd give it an a uh yeah
1: i gave it an a too uh all in all, the season overall, I would probably give a B to because it's actually a really solid first season. There's a lot of things I didn't like in the first season, but they fixed a lot of it by the end of the first season. I didn't like the Kryptonite Monster of the Week. They kind of lost the Kryptonite Monster of the Week. There's still Monster of the Week, but it's not the Kryptonite Monster of the Week. Uh, there's a couple of, you know, they, 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 they started to realize that they can't have Whitney there the whole time, they're getting rid of Nell uh, but they they still implant the Whitney cock block which is a perfect cock block in all honesty, it's the best cock block in history because Clark can't break that promise, he wants to he wants to fuck the shit out of Lana but he can't do that because Clark is a good guy and a good guy wouldn't do that to somebody, even if they're a dick even if they've been an asshole to them he isn't going to break that promise he's like, promise me that you'll look after her Oh, beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of good things that happen in this season, and, and it prepares you for an even better second season, because the second season is much better than the first.
0: Yeah, I um, I think I would give the season on the whole... I would give it an A-ish, minus and it's one of those where, you know, if you really take an average, it's probably a B. But because, because there's a lot of improvement a lot of improvement uh like you said they they figured out what to do with some characters they got rid of other characters uh by the end of of this first season for me this was lex Luthor's show Uh, he really very quickly blossomed into the the kind of uh the ideal lex the iconic lex this is this is my lex Luthor. uh he's immensely likable and, and for me, that's the tragedy. I mean, early on, the whole time, I'm just like, why does Jonathan have to be such an asshole to him? Why can't Jonathan be nicer to him? And and we know how this story ends, but at this point on the show, for the first couple of seasons, I at least always had that feeling that there was a chance of redemption, even though I know how the story turns out. Uh, and, and I thought that was great, and I think that all of that came from the first season. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a good cliffhanger and uh overall i'll give the whole the whole season an, an a minus
1: well that's it this time uh listen again next month
0: for season 2 maybe
1: somebody say me
0: <laughs> so until next time
1: somebody say Let your warm hands ring my say. You're just going to let me keep doing that. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> keep fighting the geek fight.
0: Good night.